This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is show 954. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? After that intro, Mark, how could I be bad? (laughs) The crowd loves you. And we're excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on PHT Talk Radio and also on Odyssey. So if you want to ask us a question about uh, residential, commercial, uh, industry, mortgages, whatever, give us a call. My number is 267 Two six six fifty five zero one. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here just to keep you informed because nobody talks about what's going on in media except us. The media just does not cover good news. And the real estate market is fine. So you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's websites. So what's coming up today? So coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with asking Dr. A. Right. We have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. And we also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is? 10 things most veterans don't know about VA home loans. Very passionate about this topic. So, Mark, we also have our guests today. We have um, Tricia Smith and John, um, the owner of Shell Consulting Group. And they're here to talk about employee retention credits. This is going to be a great topic, so be sure to stay tuned. All right. We also have our questions. And the first one is, if I am for, if I buy a foreclosed home, fix it up, and then resell it, is it possible to sell it to someone with a credit score of 540 anyway without using a credit score? Next question mm-hmm. is, would a seller consider a six or 12 month lease at which time we would get our own financing? Next question is if a house deed was registered in my name before I turned 18, be contested by a disgruntled relative that wants the house. (laughs) (laughs) Next question is what appliances are going to convey at settlement? And last question, 
How can I tell if a house that is up for sale currently has people living in it? Just peek in the windows. Anyway, our topic of the day is five reasons why the housing market is unlikely to crash. Yeah, fighting the doom and gloomers. But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is, the only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it. Move with it and join the dance. Nice. Don't get caught sitting on the tracks and getting run over by the train. (laughs) So where are we at? So Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So anyway, declining mortgage rates could have improved the affordability of buyers in the housing market in February, but instead spurred a demand that combined with persistent lack of inventory, which is all around this country. There's a student call me. Uh, and this inventory issue is an, a problem. In fact, I looked at our market and we were up to 4000 for sale last week, and now we're down to 3900 again. So we keep dropping in inventory. And that's one of the, pro- that's one of the problems because the, the pressure on the, on the market with no inventory raises prices. According to Black Knight Mortgage Monitor report, home prices rose nationally up 0.16%. Pennsylvania is up 3%, and I think we're 5 so in a total of 39 of the 50 largest markets saw home prices increase on an adjusted basis to compare prices fell in November in 48 of the 50 markets. But you got to like be careful with this national uh, information. The purchase market increased when the rates declined in the early part of the month. Borrowers were quick to take advantage of the limited inventory in many areas of the country that that dynamic low inventory and modest rise in demand led to an uptick in home prices. The annual home price rate fell 1.9% in February, hitting a rate below 2% for the first time since 2012. They still expect annual home price growth rate to fall 0% by April. This is, of course, one expert's opinion said would be a temporary milestone should inventory challenges persist and mortgage rates decrease. According to this report, the unfortunate reality is this scarce supply of inventory, that's the source of much of the market gridlock, and it isn't getting any better. Now, we're we're back up, Mark, to like 20 offers on a home. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, there's just these realtors, they won't call people and get listings. So... In February, the number of homes available for sale fell for the fifth consecutive month, and listings ran 27% below pre-pandemic levels. In addition, to 47 of the 50 markets saw their active listing count decline in the month. Now, the spring home buying seasons here, I don't know why they say it's here because it starts in January, but a large majority of consumers are pessimistic about making purchases citing unfavorable mortgage rates, this is lack of knowledge. It, it is lack of knowledge. This is so frustrating. And um, I'm telling you, that's why I'm doing this topic today, because there's all these things out there that people just, per- their perception of the housing market, they don't know what's going on. So, you know, with the spring season upon a large majority of consumers continue to believe that it's a bad time to buy, which it's not a bad time to buy. And it's the best time ever to sell. So tell us about the rates. So I mean the rates are the rates are great. 30 year fix we're at 6.125%. 30 
30-year conventional. Your 15-year is at 5.75. Your FHA is at 6.125. And your VA is at 6.125. I mean, we're not in the sevens. We're not in the eights. It's a great rate. And give me a call at 609-605-7153. Let me tell you what the payment looks like. Yeah. Compared to the 80s when we were at 15 to 19%. These are great All right. rates. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Hey, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. So these three sisters, they live together in a house. And their ages are 92, 94, and 96. <laughs> so one night, the 96-year-old draws a bath, and she puts her foot in and pauses. She yells to the other sister, was I getting in or out of the bath? The 94-year-old yells back, I don't know. I'll come up and see. She starts up the stairs and pauses and looks at the other sister, and she goes, was I going up the stairs or down the stairs? The 92-year-old that was sitting at the kitchen table having tea, listening to her sisters, she shakes her head and says, I sure hope I I never get as forgetful as you, knock on wood. Then she yells up, I'll come up and help both of you as soon as I see who's at the door. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. If you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-266. Fifty-five zero one. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mound segment with Deanne Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic is 10 things veterans don't know about VA loans. Wow. Wow. That's a record, Mark. I've been hitting them pretty good. No, 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 no. Don't even try it. (laughs) Don't even try it. But this is a subject that is very dear to my heart because I do a lot of seminars for veterans. And one of the things that I find out is that they don't even understand what the benefits are about. And it's sad. They're serving our country and they don't even know what amazing benefits that they have. So there's more than 21 million veterans and servicemen that actually live in the U.S. today, but only 6% of them bought a home using the actual VA loan in the past five years. Because they don't tell them. I told you about the student I had that served, served two terms in Afghanistan and they as they were sitting on a tarmac, tarmac waiting to board the plane, some guy came out and tried to explain VA loans to them. After they just were oh in my war, God. they were like, nobody cared. Yeah. That's how, that was the explanation. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and that percentage could be much higher. So eligible veterans can often bypass the program as a variable option for a number of reasons. First, they don't know all the advantages. Second, they may think getting a VA loan is very hard. And they avoid the process. And lastly, some lenders don't even take the time to teach veterans about the programs or they don't even know much about it themselves. So the VA home loan is a program. It's non-military homebuyers wish they had access to. So let's start with a couple. I don't know if we're going to get through all of them today. If not, we'll continue next week. But there are one of the biggest advantages to a VA loan is that you don't need a down payment. None whatsoever. 
most mortgage programs such as a VA and conventional loans require at least three and a half percent to five percent down. So on a $250,000 purchase, that's up to $12,500. With the VA loan, you can buy immediately rather than years of saving up for a down payment. And with the VA loan, you can also avoid steep mortgage insurance. At 5% down, private mortgage insurance costs about $150 per month on that same $250. It's zero with the VA loan. With a v- it's a great program. It's a great program. So with a VA loan, this buyer could afford a home worth 30000 more with the same monthly payment just by eliminating the PMI. Right. The next one is use your benefit again and again. Your VA home loan benefit is not one on, it's not one and done. You can use it as many times as you want. So assume you purchased a home with a VA loan but now you've outgrown the home and need something bigger. When you sell the home and pay off the VA loan completely, you can reuse your benefit to buy another home. And you're entitled, it's called entitlement and it's completely restored. But that's not the only way to reuse your benefit. Eligible veterans and service persons can receive a one-time restoration when they pay off the VA loan, but keep the home. So this scenario often comes into play, Mark, If you've purchased a home a long time ago, you've paid it off. And it also applies if you've refinanced the VA mortgage with a non-VA loan. So, And I bet you, like we talked about a week ago, about 70% of the country has no mortgage. And I bet you there's a bunch of vets in there that don't know they could use this VA loan. Yeah, true. I mean, and once you've earned the eligibility for the VA home loan, it never goes away. So even if you served 20, 30, even 50 years ago, you can still buy a home today. Um, If the eligibility can be established, the answer is yes. And basically that eligibility, it's based on the length of time served. So in the, for instance, a U.S. Army veteran with at least 90 days in servicing during the Vietnam era is likely eligible. So you just need to find your DD-214 or give me a call. We'll be able to help find that for you. Um, Number four is that the surviving spouses may also be eligible. So more than 3,000 surviving um, spouses purchased a home with their fallen partner's VA benefit. Um, Unmarried husbands and wives of servicemen who were killed in action can only buy a home with zero down payment and no mortgage insurance. And plus that VA funding fee is waived. Number five is that the rates are generally lower. Um, Number six is that the VA loans are available from uh, local lenders. Like a company like myself, we do the underwriting in-house for VA loans. Number seven is you can buy, refinance, and also tap into the equity of your home. So, So you can also refinance that into a lower rate. There's also lenient guidelines for lower credit scores, a bankruptcy or foreclosure. So unlike many loan programs, a lower credit score, a bankruptcy, or even a foreclosure does not disqualify you from a VA loan. Number nine, the funding fee waivers. Um, VA typically charges a funding fee. So to defray from the cost of the program, 
and buying a home using a sustainable for future veterans, this fee mark can be anywhere from 0.5% to 3.3% depending depending on the loan, okay? And also the history. Number 10 is you can buy a condo with a VA loan. There's many different types. The VA loan, including a single family, a home, a home of up to four units, and even manufactured homes. But condominiums, are con- they're mostly overlooked by VA buyers as well. So you need to know all the things that are available. If you have any questions on these VA loans, please feel free to give me a call at 609-605-7153, and we'll run through the program with you. I hope a lot of vets heard that. I do too. All right, Mark. So we are up to our question and answer segment. So what's the first question? So the first question is, Mark, if I buy a foreclosed home, fix it up, then resell it, is it possible to sell to someone with a credit score of a 540? Anyway, without using a credit score. Well, they pay cash or something, yeah, but if I mean, they're financing it, I mean, I don't know if they're going to get a loan at 540. So, I mean, they, the best bet is to try to get the score up to at least the 580. Um, if they don't want to use a credit score, they're probably better off going with a hard lender, hard money lender. And then one key in there is if I buy a foreclosed home, they're really hard <laughs> to find because the foreclosure rate is under 1%. It's like really low. Right. All right. What's the next one? All right. Question number two. Would a seller consider a six or 12 month lease at which time we would get our own financing? Yeah. I mean, everything's, if you don't ask, the answer is no. So, I mean, if you want to try to do a lease purchase and the seller's in a situation where they can do it. That happens a lot. All right. Question number three. If a house deed was registered in my name before I turned 18, can it be contested by a disgruntled relative that wants the house? It's according to how it was registered. If it was put in a trust, trust, right? that's the only way. Because if it wasn't in a trust, you couldn't do it if they weren't 18. So Correct. if it's in a trust, too bad, the 18-year-old gets the house. Right. If they did, if they put it in his name prior to him being 18, then- It's invalid. Then, yeah, but then they're, the disgruntled relative has a case. Well, the title company would take a copy of the driver's license, the verified date of birth, so it shouldn't have happened anyway. I was at a settlement one time, and we didn't find out that the kid was 17 until we were at the table. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I I gave that kid a lot of credit, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number four. What appliances are going to convey at settlement? Well, everything that's attached stays with the property, Uh, like microwaves built in the wall, maybe a fridge that's part of the kitchen with the fancy, you know, matches the cabinets. Uh, But the rest of it should be in the agreement of sale, what's included, what's not. So don't count on, you know. Uh, something special. That chandelier being Yeah, there, or right. whatever. Make sure it's always in the contract. What's included, what's excluded. Because you don't want to have a fight over a chandelier or a washer or a dryer. Right. So, And that's what happens, too. It gets about ego, not about the house. What's the last one? The last question is, how can I tell if a house that is up for sale currently has people living in it? It's a weird, weird question. Well, that should be on the MLS Right, it tells you if it's occupied. Or yeah, not. but if if they're not an agent, they're not going to know that. I mean, right? Hey, you're you're allowed to knock on the door if you're a buyer interested in a house that has a sign on it. There's no law that says you can't knock on the door and ask about the property. Right. You know, agents are like are weird with this. This is the same like that other myth. You're not allowed to talk to the appraiser. 
Yes, you are. <laughs> I talk to every appraiser and every deal I got because I don't want them making a mistake. So I would knock on the door, see who answers. Yeah. And if you open up the first door and there's a giant pile of mail, probably nobody living there. Right. And the other <laughs> thing, it's nice to know, you know, sometimes that's that's a good way to actually win the offer. I mean, we've had deals this week where it wasn't the best offer or the highest offer. It was because it was a young family and the sellers wanted the family to build their, their memories there. So it was nice. Yeah. I've sent buyers to people's houses with a, a letter and a flowers right. and said, I hope you take my offer. <laughs> and sometimes emotion, they're allowed to take what offer they, as long as they, they want. Right. It could be a lower price. As long as they don't discriminate, they can do whatever they want. It's their house. Yeah. All right. Those were great, great questions, Mark. And coming up next is going to be our guest segment. And I'm excited to have John Plucharchik and Trisha Smith here from Shell Consulting Group. And they're going to talk about employee retention credits. All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and today we are honored to have John Plocharsik from, he is the owner of Shell Consulting Group. And then we have Trisha Smith, who is the regional partner, and she's here to talk about employee retention credits. So welcome, guys. Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you. Hey, good morning. Great. Great. Morning. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Why don't you explain to our audience what Shell Consulting does? Okay. Shell Consulting Group, uh, we're located in Naples, Florida. Um, we do tax consulting. Uh, with the pandemic coming out a couple of years ago, um, a few of our clients, 15 or so, asked us, now what do we do because the government shut us down? We were all kind of shut down, so we at that point said, let's relax, see what's going on uh, in this space with COVID. And we dove into all the various grants the government put out there, PPP, HHS, ERC, Employee Retention Credit, PPP, of course, Payroll Protection. And, and we dove into it March, uh, end of March 2020. Started with like 15 different clients here in Southwest Florida. And today we're about a, a thousand groups ac across the country. Wow, that's Help, awesome. Yeah, helping with the employee retention credit. So it's it's a payroll tax refund because companies stayed open during the pandemic. Um, and it's a, it's a way for them to reward the, the various companies for not putting everybody on, right. the, on the street. I wish they I wish they would have did that with 1099 employees. <laughs> I yeah. bet you do. <laughs> I agree, yeah. John, can mm -hmm. you um, dive a little deeper exactly what that employee credit is? Like, who would be eligible for that? So, any, sure I can. Any company that has W 2 employees, um, you're looking 
family members have to be pulled out. So if it's a, a small business and it's all family, unfortunately, you can't participate. And that's just the rules of the IRS. But any particular company that has, I'm going to say, five or more, I mean, you can do two. Uh, we have done two, but it's primarily two to 500 and everything's based in what was the employee count in 2019. Yeah. So if a company had 101 full-time employees in 2019, they can only go after a tax credit for 20 in, in the year 2021. If they were under a hundred in 2019, theoretically they could go after tax credits for both, uh, your tax year 2020 and 21. Okay. And what is the tax credit based on? Is it based on their income? Uh, good question, but no. Uh, you have to look at their payroll. So, it, it, for instance, in 2020, the tax credits for any employee is maxed at $5,000. So, if they paid an employee $10,000 in that given year, any year, in any quarter, to amount to $10,000, they could be eligible for 50% or $5,000. And then President Trump in 2020, December 2020, took that, uh, I mentioned the 100 employee count in 2019, he took it from 100 to 500, and then he took the credit from $5,000 uh, max per person to $7,000 max per person quarter one, two, and three and actually quarter four. And then President Biden removed quarter four for infrastructure. But if a company started after February 15th of 2020, that would be called a recovery startup. And then they theoretically can go after quarters two, three, four of 20 and one, two, three, four of 2021, as long as they didn't gross over a million dollars in revenue. And ninety six percent of all the businesses in the in the in our country are small business. And yes, so correct. What yes. percentage of the companies do you think even know about this? Well, today with you know radio advertising, it's it's all over the place, right? Uh, truly, um, I think more and more every day hear about it. Uh, the last I looked, or our research, about seventy. Two percent have yet to file for it. Damn. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and, and, and times run, times running out on you know Facebook and Twitter and all these advertisements every every two weeks. You know the deadline's here, but realistically, uh, the deadline for twenty twenty is April fifteenth of next year, and for uh, twenty twenty one tax credits we have till April fifteenth of twenty twenty five. So, so plenty of time uh, to to do this. So, yes. Tricia, so if, if someone was, you know, interested in this, you would yes. you would go through all the paperwork and the numbers and right. That's not something that the actual business owner or employee has to figure out, right? Correct. Correct. We would gather their, um, well, we'd have a discussion with them first right. and learn what their business is and how COVID affected them. And we're going to be with them through the beginning of the process to the very end till their checks come in. So they will be receiving checks up to six checks. They're going to receive like one to six checks, um, a check per quarter. So we'll gather their 941s, but we'll explain that with them. 
But yes, we have a team of accountants, CPAs, um, JDM lawyers and lawyers on our team, which will go through everything. And we'll work very closely with them. It's a one-on-one. So if they wanted us to go meet them at their business, we can do that. I'm local here in Palm Beach Gardens. So we, we're concierge, we're local, um, like John said, we're in 35 states, but we're not too big that we don't have the relationship with each client. Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll That's go awesome. That so, so almost any retail, restaurant, bars, like they all probably qualify for this thing and they probably don't know it. Exactly. Golf courses, almost automatically. If you have a restaurant, you're automatically shut down or, or they... Well, or if it's partial where they had to separate tables or people don't want to come in or even a disruption in their business could qualify them. So if they qualify for quarter two, which is like a restaurant, um, any food industry, bar, venues, um, you can even think of concerts, you know, um, they qualify for quarter two or 20, they can automatically qualify for quarter three of 20. So there you go. There's your $5,000 per W2 employee mm-hmm, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go and look for 2021, which is up to $7,000 per employee per quarter, which they say it's like seven, they're going to receive up to 70% of their wages back to the employer. This goes back to the employer up to $26,000. So that's what wow. they're, does that, that's what they're going to do. 70% of the wages back up to 26%, but we have to subtract their payroll protection plan and members like uh, family members like john had mentioned right mm-hmm. but there, right. there there is a lot for us to do but we are the best team out there <laughs> and and that's yeah. what i wanted to ask you and john you know we had talked that there's that there's many companies out there yes so let, let me explain on that we we're not the biggest right we, we've done almost a thousand groups across the country We've seen other companies work. Some of it's rather frightening. Uh, we've cleaned mm-hmm. up a lot of different companies' uh, proposals and, and work. Uh, they, you can file them, but they'll never get fi- uh, they'll never get yes. processed Process. by, by the Correct. IRS Correct. for so Correct. many errors. So, as Trish said, we have uh, enrolled agents, CPAs, a couple LLM tax attorneys that stand behind everything that we do. So we automatically defend our work. Uh, and it's not so much with some of the other companies. Right. Man. And we do, and we produce a, uh, a thorough report as if the IRS is going to come asking. Uh, uh, we have the documentation to substantiate behind every project. To mm-hmm. protect that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And, Thank you. Mm-hmm. In, in, in about 99, as it was mentioned, virtually every company can find a way to to uh, qualify, mm-hmm. assuming they, they're under the, the limits. Yes. Um, it's, it's just not revenue. It's a disruption uh, mm-hmm. based on governmental restrictions, such as supply chain. Mm-hmm. And it basically started on March 20 of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you gone after like any school districts or yes. unions? Yes, we've done a, we've helped a lot of private schools and daycare centers. Yes, definitely. Almost every industry we've worked with, but definitely the school districts. Right. It sounds like a lot of information, mm-hmm. a lot of great information. Um, and I'm sure there's so much more to dive into. But if Trish, if someone needed um, wants to contact you or John or, you know, have questions, can you give your information? Um, we, I think we also put together a promo code today so that um, when they call, 
you'll know that they came from the radio show. So can you give your, your company again and also your contact? So we're Shell Consulting Group, S-H-E-L-L Consulting Group. My phone number is 561-373-2664. Or, or you can view us on our website, www.scgllcfl.com. Yes. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you guys being on. Um, hopefully, we'll have you po- come back again with thank some you. more great information and uh, and keep you. our audience informed. So, again, thank you so much. Yeah, that was a thank good you and piece. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. So, All right. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. So coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, five reasons why the ho- housing market is unlikely to crash. That was a good segment. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at the end? So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day. That was a great segment. That was awesome. That was good. I know a lot of businesses that I'm going to let them know. Yeah, about we that. could definitely help people. Um, so our topic of the day is five reasons why the housing market is unlikely to crash. All right. I'll do this quick because it's not going to crash. One, this low inventory is a big reason. As of August of 22 data, only 3.2 months supply is available that's a normal market is a six month supply. We're in Philly, in our Philly metro market, we're at like 1.2%, uh, a 1.2 supply month supply of inventory. So this inventory issue is not going away. And that sca- sca- uh, scarcity of inventory explains why many buyers are forced to bid up and we're getting multiple offers and all that. So the supply demand curve indicates that prices won't crash shortly. Number two is lack of newly constructed housing supply. The builders are so far behind, the supply of newly constructed houses has yet to return to pre-2007 levels where they used to build a million houses. Now they're at like five, 600,000. They're five years behind. Also, there's no way that they, they can buy that land and get the regulatory approval and moving quickly because especially this administration put a whole bunch of new regulations in, which slows down even doing their green stuff. They can't get permits. So that increases the supply uh, problem. Three, several new buyers. There's a strong demand for homes across various demographics. Millennials, I don't know why they have Hispanics are in the prime buying years. And last week we talked about how boomers, baby boomers, have just surpassed millennials as buyers because they're all making moves because they got so much equity that seven. Trillions of dollars of equity. As a result, there's a limited amount of inventory available, so that's going to keep the market strong. Strict lending standards. Back in 2007, there were multiple cases of liar loans. All that bulk, and when everything crashed, it was all because of they they didn't have enough regulations. Well, all that's been fixed, and there's like checks in there now keep that from happening today today lenders place high standards on bars and most who get mortgages have excellent credit and five 
there's been a big drop in foreclosures. The foreclosure rate's really low. In fact, just so the audience knows, everybody, I ask people, what do you think the percentage of houses were in foreclosure in 2008? And I'll hear people say like 50%, 60%, 40%. It was 5.1% in the worst market in history. It wasn't 50%. Now it's down below 1%. So majority of homeowners own significant equity in their homes. Their personal balance sheets of the homeowners are much stronger today than they were 15 years ago. Can't believe that was 15 years ago, which is clear difference between now and then. As a result, there's no big threat of for, of a foreclosure crisis. Like that one question we had today, you know, I want to buy a foreclosure. They're going to be hard to find because there's people sitting on so much equity. If they did get in trouble, there's, they could revi. And 70% of the houses in the United States have no mortgage. So we're in a whole different ballgame than back in 2005 to 7 to 8. Actually, the worst year was 2010, not 2008. I got to tell you, though, in- that some of the realtors, some of the realtors that you know, they they feel that it's going to be that the foreclosures are going to be popping out. No, they're not. There's there's too much equity. These people are sitting on so much equity unless they, you know, there's always a certain amount of foreclosures, deaths, loss of jobs, whatever. You know, there's reasons foreclosures, but there's so many programs to get out of foreclosure too. Just because they started foreclosure doesn't mean it's going to foreclose. And in Philly, I'll tell you, in Philly, it might take two years to yeah. foreclose. I mean, with the bureaucracy, uh, it, you know, it doesn't happen like overnight and the sheriff shows up and you get out. It, that's not the way it is. Yeah. And there's all kinds of forbearance agreements, but the foreclosure rate is so low, it's under 1%. So, and historically it runs three to 4%. And then the worst market ever was 5.1%. So we're not looking at a bubble and we're not looking at a big crash. The only thing I, I just can't wait. We've got about 600 days left of this administration. I don't care who it is, what side wins, as long as it's somebody different <laughs> with some different ideas. Really, just any change is going to be good for everybody. Yeah, agreed. agreed. So where are we at? So, Mark, we're coming up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A, and I believe he's still doing the AI topic, correct? Very good. Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Mark. And this is actually me talking, not some AI robot. <laughs> That's right. Dr. Abelson from the Abelson Group. So we're we're seeing this all over Facebook and Twitter. and Everybody's talking about AI, how it's going to just like eliminate everybody's job. And then all these realtors, it's just going to make us so much money. And I keep like posting stuff like, you know, this is a tool. This is not going to relate, relate or replace the human being. Right. It's a tool. I, I so what's totally your thoughts agree. on that? And, and I, I remember like 15 or 20 years ago when there was another craze and that was the internet uh, and, 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 uh, and, and how the internet was going to wind up selling people their homes and it was going to replace realtors. We're going through a similar craze right now. Where AI is going to is going to help you do so much. I think the pro- one of the problems is people rely too much on technology. They forget we're humans, and especially with the home purchase, where it's for most people the largest purchase they're going to make in their life, and their largest investment, and their largest resource, and their largest debt. I mean, you still have to be a human, uh, and and with AI, yes, it can help. It's a tool like every other tool that we have. People really 
realize it's a tool, but you still have to interact interpersonally with the person. You still have to have this connection with the person. And AI can help with that connection, but AI is not the connection. No, AI should be a help you with scheduling and making the and make creating making you have the interaction. Like that's the way I look at it. Like it's not in place of exactly yeah it shouldn't be in place of but but all these one of the local boards that i belong to are pushing this thing like wildfire and and it's like i know most of these agents especially the s's and the c's that we talk about in a disc you know anything to avoid picking up that phone and talking to somebody faced up in person exactly you know let's let's go back to looking at a relationship to the disc because we do so much i mean the 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 eyes are going to be over optimistic regarding what this can do the d's love it because it helps them be more efficient with their time right and because of that they uh rely too much on it right the c's are going to be cynical and they're going to be questioning it which is great d's and i's you need to listen to the c's uh and the s's are going to continue to come back it's a relationship so these and I's, which are a lot of the, the leaders within the real estate industry and, and the key agents in the real estate agent industry, you need to go back and listen to the S's and the C's because they're going to help you keep grounded in relationship to how you should look at AI and how you should use AI as a tool and not as a replacement. Yeah. You know, I watch a series on Smithsonian Channel, Air Disasters. And a lot of the plane crashes that take place is because the pilots depend so much on the technology and it's so their dashboard so confusing, they miss little things and they and it's it's the human part of them that causes the problems. My suggestion not is not the technology, use the technology, but remember they're connecting with you as a person. All right. So if you want more information right. about AI and what we're doing with AI, or if you want more information about how we can help you with your real estate business or any other business, because we're in over 20 different industries, just contact us at Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N at Abelson.net. And we'll be delighted to work with you and show you how to maximize not just AI, but all the other tools at your disposal that deal with humans. Very good, Dr. Abelson. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. A. If you have any questions you can email them to 8029 at comcast.net or give Mark a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and downloading our podcasts and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. In fact, sponsors... If you want to be a sponsor on the show, give me a call at 267-266-5501. I'll tell you how it works. We have a giant audience. We've been on for 15 years. We like to keep you informed every week. And also, happy birthday to my son, Mark Anton Cumberland. I made sure he had a middle name so I didn't have all his problems. And Anton, my wife didn't even know I snuck that in there. (laughs) Anyway, with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of their past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. 
program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded.